Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Each week, I bring you outstanding guests on this program to help enrich your life in every area of your life. And today, my very special guest is my longtime friend, Joan Hunter. Joan, God bless you, and welcome to the program. Well, it's so awesome to be with you again. I'd rather be with you in person, but this is really awesome. (laughs) Well, it's wonderful to have this opportunity. You know, I don't remember a time when I didn't know the Hunter family. Your dad Mm -hmm. and your mom, Charles and Francis, were such a blessing to the Roberts family, to our ministry, uh, to the whole world. And I honor your dad and your mom and have great fondness remembering them. And I, and I loved your mom and dad too. And we, we have so much in common here. And, uh, and your mom wrote me, you know, she responded to every letter I wrote her and I always told her, thank you. And I, you know, da, 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 da. she wrote every one until the last one. And your sister wrote that letter on her behalf. So sounds like my mother. Yeah. And she would make, she would respond to every one I sent her. You've been, uh, you've been associated with healing all of your life. Of course, the tremendous healing ministry that uh, Charles and Francis Hunter, your dear, dear mom and dad had. And uh, I understand uh, you because I understand me having come up under that legacy of healing as well. Let me ask you a question that, of course, I get asked all the time, and I'm sure you get asked as well. What was it like growing up under Charles and Francis Hunter? Now, putting the shoe on your foot instead of mine. <laughs> so you answer it for me because you know what it's like. I know, but I want to hear you say it. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Mom and dad got married when I was 16. And and then somewhere around 17, 18 years old, they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And at that point, mom had already written uh, three books and started doing some travel. So mom and dad got married and then we moved to Texas and mom left me with a strange man that I'm supposed to be my dad. So she takes off and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm praising God that I had a, a he's an amazing dad. And, uh, and so then a little bit after that, then uh, at 18, um, they would come home and going, this is the wildest thing I've ever heard. And they would imitate, not mock, but imitate what they heard of people speaking in tongues. I'm like, they're crazy. They've gone crazy, you know, because we were raised that it was not of God. And uh, and so then uh, shortly after that, you know, George Otis came to town and George Otis, you know, through a, a CD of his or cassette tape actually led them into the Baptist Holy Spirit. And so then mom and dad got it. And then at that point, I'm 18 and I'm off to ORU mm-hmm. and that's where we met. Okay. Yes. And that was 72, I think 71, 72. So I'm off to ORU spirit filled ORU non-spirit filled Joan Hunter. And, uh, and just, this was all really new. And, uh, and so my first year at ORU, I didn't have the baptism. The second year of ORU, I did, I got it in the summer between the two. And, uh, you know, totally changed my life. It was just so absolutely amazing. Totally changed my life, to say the least. And so then, um, at two years, at, at the two-year mark, when I was 20, late 20s, um, I got married and then we, and to a world action singer, you knew him, and, uh, and we traveled all over the world uh, with my mom and dad. And, and it was just like, well, when did God call you into healing? I'm like, uh, when I read the Bible, Mark 16, that we're going to lay hands on the second and stand recover, you know, and it's like, you're waiting for this call. Bring, now you got it. And we, we can postpone the call of God in our lives. Now, there's obviously a call within a call. 
because we're called to be evangelistic. We're called to, to be teachers and different things like that. But we're all called in the marketplace to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. It's like so awesome. And um, but what happens is that mom and dad were like so, in, you know, encrypted with the Holy Spirit and with healing that it's like, uh, this is a, a cute, funny story that I'm sure you can relate to. We were at a Coliseum, high school auditorium. They had big stages, you know, for, for, for musicals and all that kind of stuff. And there was, you know, like 1,500 people there. Who wants prayer? So they, I mean, they just came up by the hundreds. So they lined them up. We lined them up four rows, you know, 100 in a row. And uh, so mom says, here, you take one. Take them where? <laughs> like, take them where? She goes, here, you pray for these people. And I'm like, barely 21. And, you know, just started traveling with them. Had no education except for seeing them because it was all still really new. Okay. And, and I had seen Catherine Kuhlman at ORU and, of course, your dad. And, you know, and I'd seen a few things. Of course, mom and dad had been there a whole bunch, too. And I'm just like, okay. So I prayed for some people and they started getting slain in the spirit, you know, and then all of a sudden, ah, the first one started screaming. And I thought, you know, I came running back. What, and said, what are have you, you done? <laughs> yeah, are you okay? Did you get hurt? She goes, no, I was blind and I can see. And I said, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> That's this little personal story. It's amazing. Now, amazing. You yeah. pray for it and you're surprised when it happens. <laughs> right. Cause it was so new to me. But what's so funny is that, you know, I had, um, that was the beginning. And of course, so many people in that line was healed and I just went and did it. And now of course, with 50 years in the healing ministry in June, which is crazy, 50 years in the healing ministry, I've gotten a whole lot under my belt and learned so much. And God can trust this mouth because as he gives me revelation in my heart and in my head and how he's healed me through tragedy, through horrendous uh, heart situations and heal me of breast cancer, heal me, heal me, heal me of, of so many things that it's given me a foundation mm -hmm. to write books, handbooks, manuals, etc., to train and equip people. And I train people uh, in just the Northwest uh, Houston area uh, very intensive twice a year, only three and a half days, and uh, and just really pour into the people, learning how to get healed, body, mind, soul, spirit, okay. finances. All right, now saying that, Joan, give me some of the principles that you have learned through the years, because I, I know if you're like me, uh, you've you've tried some things that that haven't worked as well, and and yes. you've done other things that have worked better. What have you learned, and what principles do you give people? Like say in this healing school you're talking about, I'm I'm remembering now your mom and dad's healing schools. But tell me some of right. the principles, because there are many people who still don't understand that it's God's will for them to be well. Absolutely, and a lot of people believe that this is that God will send sickness on them to teach them. I'm yes. sorry, read a book. Don't, you know, somebody said, I have a friend that's got a uh, uh, breast cancer. Will you pray for her? And I said, sure. She refused because God brought the cancer on her to teach her about pride. In her mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, you know, and I'm like, that's so false teaching and, and, you know, thought process. So she had her breast removed. Now she wants to pray, pray them back. And you know what? She still got pride. You know, and you're like, surgery is not going to cut out pride. And so 
What happened to me, and I know you know the story, in the year 2000, I was faced with divorce after almost 26 years of marriage. Two days after the divorce, I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. I remember. Uh, uh-huh. And it was, you know, here you've got two years to live. You've just been divorced and divorcing a man you still love, but because of his choice of lifestyle, that it had to, it had to be severed. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and so at that point, I'm just like, I'm devastated beyond words, broken heart, diagnosed, broken heart syndrome, um, on and on and on. Plus cancer. Then plus then, then the cancer. And I'm like, okay, I told God, I said, I can live without a breast, but I can't live with a broken heart. And I said, I need my heart healed. So I went after God and really spent time with him and saying, God, heal my heart. God, heal me of unforgiveness, betrayal, abandonment, desertion. And some of those things I had felt since I was born because my father deserted me before I was born. And uh, so that's why I was so excited Then when mom got, got me a dad. And, um, and so I went and, I, and it's like, worry, 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 worry. Okay, through the years, I have not known one person with breast cancer that did not worry about the family relationship, worry about the family in finances, uh, relationships with a spouse, a relationship with children, the trauma, all that kind of stuff. The, the worry is the big word. And then that opens up the door to, to destroy what the breasts represent the family unit. Okay. And so, um, and so what I do is I have discovered that, that the trauma that I had in my heart that was destroying me, I would, I would, my, my sanctum was, you know, the shower because most people will leave you alone in your cell phones in the other room. And the dog was right there crying as I'm in the shower crying and, and the water, I didn't tell the girls about the breast cancer because they had just lost their dad in divorce. Okay. We lost our home. We lost the church. We lost everything. So I'm under the shower and I'm crying, trying not to cry in front of the girls, but cry in the shower and get the release. And it was just the washing of the water of the word and getting my heart healed and, and the unforgiveness and the betrayal just being washed off into the drain, giving this area of hurt, this area of betrayal, this, you know, you name it, giving it all to God. And then a few months later, I'm like, okay, I, I need to, I need to really figure out what I'm going to do right now. So I'm like, okay, I wonder what the, what the doctor is going to recommend, you know, mastectomy, chemo, radiation, whatever. And uh, so I went back to the doctor about four or five months later feeling much better in my heart. And, uh, and so I went in there, they spent a, a half hour and a gallon of goop on this side and on this side, and they went back to this side and they're going, uh, we can't find the cancer. What'd you do with it? And it was all the way on my left side, even, even on below my ribs and everything. It was all over that place. And I said, I sent it to hell home. I said at home to hell. And, um, and they were like, they, they were, they were like, okay, we can't document this. We can't, because this does not work in our, our, you know, in our, our sure. education and our boundaries. And we don't understand. Because but they knew it was your, gone. Oh yeah. Here's the sonogram and it's covered comparing the two. And then here's the sonogram, both sides, totally completely clear, clear. and supernaturally. And so from that, I, I teach go to the root. Because see, many people 
get healed of cancer surgically or whatever, but it comes back because the root is still there. And you can, you know, you can do weed be gone. You know, I mean, you can mow, but until you do the weed be gone on your grass, the weeds are going to come back. And I'm into getting rid of any kind of weed in our life. And uh, we talked right before we went on the air about fear. Uh, my latest book is Annihilate Fear. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that because so many people, especially through this pandemic and all the was happening in our country. And I want you to talk about that in a minute when you finish this story. Yeah. And fear is a magnet. What and, and worry and fear. I was worried what because I couldn't do it without him. I couldn't make it without him. Codependent like you would not believe. And, uh, you know, and just, uh, and, and so at that point, God, he totally healed me of all this and, and the enemy and him, uh, not God, but were convinced me I couldn't make it without him. And, and so I realized I could, and I'm actually doing really well without him, uh, emotionally and financially in every way and how God has restored my life with, from nothing to where I am today is, is just amazing. Worldwide ministry, beautiful property uh, at the ministry, all paid for, glory to God. And, you know, the house that I live in, a fabulous home. And I mean, God has provided every single step of the way. It's been absolutely amazing. He's restored everything. Before we get to the book, Joan, there's a, there are women watching right now who perhaps have gone through a divorce or, or a traumatic experience, something like that, or some type of separation. Loss of a child. Or any type of loss. Mm-hmm. And, and they also have discovered breast cancer. What would you say to them? And would you pray for that woman right now, even before we continue? Yes, there are women, not just one woman. Yes. But God has chosen you to be here this program today to get you healed. Okay, so put your hands on your heart. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing. In the name of Jesus, I just curse any and all form of trauma in their life, worry, uh, fear, desertion, abandonment, betrayal. Father, right now, broken heart syndrome. I speak health and wholeness into that heart. Rejuvenate that heart. Let the heart beat again, love again, live again. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse the cancer in the name of Jesus, the very root of the cancer, just like to to the grass and the weeds, to the very root so it cannot come back. Curse the cancer, every prion, P-R-I-O-N-S, a prion is a bad cell eating good cells, Mm -hmm. cancer, MS, COVID, et cetera. So I curse every prion in the name of Jesus, and I command the chemicals in that body to come back into perfect alignment in Jesus' name. And I command the immune system to be healthy, strong in Jesus' name. And I curse the spirit of fear, fear of death, fear of dying, fear of losing the children, fear of cancer, fear of what you've heard. We cut off the words that the doctors have spoken over you in Jesus' name. You've got X amount of time. I was given two years to live, and that was 21 plus years ago. So praise God. And in the name of Jesus, I cut off an assignment of death over you. Number one, and this is in the last year, God's really dealt with me. Assignment of death over you, number one. Number two, an assignment of death over your destiny. Over your destiny. Because the death, the chemo, the treatments will postpone your destiny, even to the point of making you want to quit. 
So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing, and that is now severed off of them by the sword of your spirit, that they're going to be able to walk out their destiny healed and whole like never before, and their hearts healed of any kind of fear, etc. in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You said two very important things in your prayer on what I'm going to call follow-up. You know, uh, in an operation situation, there's usually a post-op uh, post-op instructions. You gave some post-healing instructions that I want you to touch on briefly before we get to your book. You said love again and live again. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't have it with me right now, but I have a book called Love Again, Live Again. Okay. Well, all right. Talk about that. Yeah. And love, and what it is, is that um, you have this fear of ever loving again. Yeah, of letting because go. You were, of, and, of because opening you up. were so hurt, you know, and you just don't want that to happen again. And, and the betrayal and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, a friend of mine, a couple years after divorce, they said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing really good. And he says, he's like my younger brother. And he says, yeah, except for that wall you have up. I'm like, I don't have a wall up, you know, and that's not me to be verbal like that. And uh, so I went back to the hotel room. I said, God, I have a wall up, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to get hurt again. And he says, you'll never be able to love again or be loved again either. So I prayed for God to remove the, the wall. And when you're ready, you can ask God to remove the wall. But understand, you will get hurt again. Well, That's just life. Things, things happen in life like that. But you, you have to stay open. And I want to encourage you, like Joan is encouraging you, uh, to allow God to open you up and to tear down that wall mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Yes. Joan, you have a new book, Annihilating Fear. So yeah, many people have... Fear. Uh, people have uh, have struggled through the pandemic and businesses and job losses and families and separation and so on and so forth. Even situations where family members have died and people have not even been able to travel to the funeral uh, because of it. Would you share a little bit about that book? In fact, hold that book up because I want to give people an opportunity to get it. And uh, you'll be okay. seeing her website and and uh, and how, yeah. how to get her book. But talk about this annihilating fear. This annihilate fear, it's not just get rid of it or suppress it. It's totally annihilated, so it cannot come up. All that I went through in the year 2000 prepared me for 2020 because of all that I had lost, and there was no way, but God met my every need. I had groceries show up on my doorstep, checks coming in the mail. I didn't have enough to make it, but God met my every need. And I had a daughter, ORU, she had once, you know, one semester left. She says, I'm going to graduate one way or another, even if I got to get a loan. And we prayed and they turned us down here, 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 and here for scholarships. She did get alumni scholarship. And, uh, and we really, and it was like, you know, it was only $17,000 back then. And, uh, that was and still so, a lot of money. <laughs> and still, that was a lot of money when you had, you didn't, I didn't even make that much in a year. Okay. And so we had all that and I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what you're going to do. And long story short, she did get a loan for $1,700 and God supplied. We got a Pell Grant. We got a, this grant from the government. We got Scholastic Scholarship. We got, I mean, it was super, supernatural. She's a doctor today, and uh, which is great. But God met our every need. And last year, I'm like, okay, you did it in, in 2000. You're going to do it in 2020. And I wasn't flippant, so don't, under, don't think about it that way. I had peace that you can't even fathom. It was amazing, the peace that I had as a result of that. 
And, and so then once again, I had one, the peace and the peace repels sickness. Peace repels. Say that again. Say that again, Joan. Peace repels sickness. Peace, peace repels. Listen, listen to what lack. she's saying. Peace repels sickness and lack. Peace repels, just you name it, doubt, death. And so fear, big magnet. I have a book, Power to Heal, that deals with root causes of, you know, your mouth. I know I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to lose my house. I know I'm going to lose my car. I know I'm not going to make it this year. I know I'm going to be on the ventilator. I know I shut your mouth. Okay. Get your mouth in line with the Lord and with the word. <laughs> That's why Paul called it the most unruly member the tongue. The tongue is what's gotten me into trouble in my life, Joe. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I just learn how to be quiet and trust him, I'm going to do a lot better. <laughs> yes. And, and, and if you're, you want to say something negative, it's like, my God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The blessings of God are running and overtaking me. And by his stripes, I am healed and blah, 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 blah. You know, start quote when you get these negative things in because you've got negative reports coming, whether through Facebook, coming through the news, coming through this, you know, and people at work, people at church, you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, and the people that have been terrified of getting it, it lowers your immune system, mm-hmm. opens the door for sickness to come in. And so I am about teaching people, annihilating fear to get rid of it. And what's interesting is that, I mean, like last year, we, you know, no travel, very minimal book sales because of no travel. And yet we didn't miss a payment. We did a $100,000 renovation on the inside of our building, getting ready for when we were going to come back, Mm -hmm. you know, and we had did lighting and all that kind of stuff, making it more of a big television production location. And, and, and all the employees didn't miss a beat, etc. What part has seed sowing played in all this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I got saved when I was 12 and I've never not tithed. Okay. So it's critical in your life. Absolutely. It's, and, and I'll help people out in the area of tithe because some people think it's a five letter cuss word. It's not, it's in the Bible. It's in the old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But some people go, I, it's, a, it's a letter of the law and you have to tithe. Well, that doesn't make you want to give. And then there are other people that say, hey man, you don't have to give any, you know, you don't have to tithe anymore because of grace. That's grace abuse. Mm-hmm. And I have, in, in the years of pastoring for 18 years, I saw people who had that thinking and I saw how their, their home was wrecked because of not tithing and not giving their, their first f- portion to the Lord. Yes. So this is how I feel, that you no longer have to tithe because of the law. You get to tithe because exactly. of love. No longer a debt that you owe, but a seed that you sow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, you know, I've heard years and years of that from your dad. And of sure. course, continuing on with you too. And uh, wrote a book, Supernatural Provision, that God wants to meet your every need. And the word of God says he gives, oh, oh this is a very fun story, but he says he gives seed to the sower. So I'm in Uganda. Pastor gets up there. This is earlier uh, in 2021. Pastor, yeah, pa- mm-hmm. Pastor gets up and he's speaking 
and he receives a church offering. So I get up and I said, some of you are very saddened because you really wanted to give any offering, but you didn't have anything to give. Now, they've gone a year without income, okay? Mm-hmm. And the, the country, not just this church, this is the first time they had actually started coming back to church since last year. And so I said, the word says he gives seed to the sower. I'm going to pray for God to give you seed to sow right now. Check your pockets, check your purse, check your wallet. Whatever has manifested in there, I want you to bring it forward. Out of 300 people, over 100 came running up to the front to put money in the offering bucket. Wow. They were so excited. That's supernatural. Oh, yeah. It broke uh, broke open the windows of heaven, broke off the spirit of poverty and mop poverty mindset. Some of you are going to find this. Some of you are going to get jobs. One of the guys, that by the next day, he had to hire five people from the church that weren't working. Plus, he had not had a job, but it was too big for him. They had to hire the six of them to complete the job. Unheard of. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I, I we got into one of the pastor's car and I said, Oh God, give her a give her a car. I was kind of concerned getting into the car. And so <laughs> while we were there, somebody gave her a brand new Toyota. It was awesome. 20 acres of land to build a church on. My translator, I mean, my it broke. 20 uh, acres was given to my translator to build this church on. He goes, I don't have a church. I haven't thought about a church. Well, we'll build your house on it also so you can live in it and be your parsonage for the church. He's like, okay. Now, what she's, what she's talking about is that scripture that he gives seed to the sower. What that means is if you have a heart to give. Now, she talked about people in that service who were sad because they didn't have anything to give. They wanted to give. They would have given, but they didn't have anything to give. But God, God, God sees your heart. If you have a desire to sow, then God will put seed in your hands so that you can sow. And that's what she's talking about. It's so exciting. I mean, I just, I have super lived a supernatural life. And you, you know, are. <laughs> and I still am. I mean, I still am. And it's so amazing what God's done. The pastor had renovation done on his house. I love it when it's the top of the house here. And, and he had some renovation. The guy says, I'm done. Now today you need to pay me. And he's like, I don't have enough. Okay, I don't have enough. Now what am I going to do? Because they don't do loans there. Okay? And so he goes home that night after that service, opens up his nightstand drawer, and there's more than double to pay the guy. (laughs) Now that's supernatural. Oh, it is. It's just absolutely amazing what God did. And I mean, and it's still happening down there. It's still happening. I'm getting reports. And and what's so exciting is that, you know, God gave me 20 acres of land through a Ugandan, not an American. And they're like, through a Ugandan. Okay, this is a really cool story. Um, I have lots of stories, as, as I know you do, too. <laughs> we can just story each other up. Week before or two before I got there, one of the leaders in the town or one of the the men in the town, he had some property and he died, but he died a very poor man. And, uh, and so they found an old blanket in his house to wrap him up in, to put him in the ground. And they started digging, you know, to bury him. 
And they're going, why haven't you buried him yet? Well, we can't. We can't yet. They're like, why not? He says, because as we were digging the hole, we found a whole cave. I don't know what to call the word area full of gold. And here's this man. He was living on gold, but lived in poverty. Wow. And so they mined the gold and then they buried him. But he died a poor man, but he was also very on rich. On top of gold. On top of, I mean, of course, they removed the gold by then. But the point is, there is hidden treasures on the inside of you, whether it be anointing, speaking, books, finances. The word says in Isaiah 45, 3, I will show you and give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places that you know not of. God will bring things to you financially because you want to give off of that, which is like extremely exciting. Mm -hmm. And, and so, but also not only is there hidden treasures financially, then, but there's hidden treasures of anointing and in wisdom other areas. On, in other areas too. So I just want to encourage you to start digging and see what you find. Okay. Now I want to put you on the spot, Joan. Uh, the apostle Paul down, down uh, at the last of the, the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul, thinking that he was going to be martyred when he went to Jerusalem, gathered the men of Ephesus together and gave what he thought was his final speech. Now, it turned out he saw them again, but at that time, he didn't think he would. If you had one thing left to say in your lifetime, and you could say it and sum it up, what would that be? You can do more than you think you do. You're more valuable than you think you are. And God is just waiting for yes and a follow through. And let's watch and see what he does through you. That's a good word. That's a good word. Hold that book up, Annihilate Faith, one more time. Fear. You see Joan's fear, website. Get a copy. Yeah. Get a copy of this book because God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you instead a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Get this book. Send me that book, Joan. I want it for myself. I, I will. want it. I it'll want a copy for me, today. for my wife, for my family. I want to read it, and, and I, I know it'll be a blessing. Order the book. I pray and believe it'll be a blessing to you. Okay, Joan, tell people listening by radio how to get this book. You can get in touch with me through joanhunter.org. Very simple, joanhunter.org. Okay, joanhunter.org. Couldn't be any simpler than that. That's right. Joan, before we close, pray a healing prayer over someone who is hurting in their body right now. Okay, I'm sensing that there's somebody, several people that are watching with fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is brought on by a traumatic event. So we're going to deal with the trauma and then we're going to command that to go. In addition to that, we're going to pray um, just for a few other things. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just send the word of healing. I curse any and all form of trauma, uh, whether it be heart or emotional uh, or a traumatic event, death in the family, different things like that, car accident. I command that trauma to go in Jesus' name. I curse the spirit of fibromyalgia, spirit of pain, chronic fatigue syndrome. I command every bit of that to go in Jesus' name. Somebody is with lupus. So Father, in the name of Jesus, the same prayer applies to you, on in the, but spe specifying lupus, I command to be gone and heal health and wholeness to every single organ in the name of Jesus. 
Some of you feel like you're losing your mind. Well, you're going to find it today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command all the chemicals in that mind to be back in alignment in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow. It was just like a light came on. Father, I thank you that for that turnaround today in Jesus' name. Any kind of pain with arthritis or falling or different things, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every bit of that pain to go in what I call cellular memory, because it's been there for a while. I command a cellular memory of the pain to go also in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I add my prayers to Joan's prayers, knowing that there's no distance in prayer. And I stretch out my faith to you right now. I rebuke every sickness, every disease, every fear, every doubt. Come out in the name of Jesus. And according to Psalm 107, verse 20, which says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. According to that word, I send it to you for healing. I believe for it to begin now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Joan Hunter, you are a blessing. Thank you. You are too. You are a blessing. God bless you today. And and to be sure and contact her, joanhunter.org. Joanhunter.org. God bless you, Joan. And thank you so much for being my special guest today. Join me next week on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts for another outstanding guest. See you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Please share with your friends on social media and help spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others. And if you need prayer, go to oralroberts.com slash prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.